everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. 2 Thessalonians 1 is the only place where we see Paul say, we ought to give thanks to God for you. Or said differently, we must thank God for you. What could the Thessalonians have done that would require Paul, Silas, and Timothy to thank God for them? Does anyone in your life have to thank God for you? When I was in college, I worked at camp. And if there's any memory that I remember the most vividly or clearly, it's this one. It was work week and the the optional week before training officially started. And all of us girls had spent the whole day in the flower beds pulling weeds, which is not my favorite activity. But picture a group of about eight girls heading back to the cabin, dirty, like literally covered in mulch rushing to take showers before dinner. As we start getting in line for showers, one girl's turn arises and she'd realized she'd forgotten to pack a towel, which is honestly very tragic when you signed up to work at camp for six weeks. That's a very crucial item to pack. Uh, And don't get me wrong, someone from the camp totally would have gone and gotten her a towel, but in this moment, she didn't have one and we were in a hurry. And so she asked if she could borrow someone's towel. And in that moment, I'm thinking, Absolutely not. I mean, I don't I don't know if there's anything more undesirable than getting out of the shower and having to use a damp towel. And so I've I've got to confess, first of all, I didn't even acknowledge that she asked the question. But then this girl who's sitting there waiting without skipping a beat, she just pipes in and says, Hey, you can use mine. Totally. She needed to shower just like I did. She only had one towel just like I did, but yet she was willing to share. And I'm over here thinking, who shares towels? Like, we're in a cabin. Everything's already damp and dirty and gross. And I'm disgusted, but she chose to share. And as camp went on, I began to look up to this girl who shared her towel. Because when I looked at her, I saw Jesus. She loved people so well. She was considerate of other people's needs. She asked good questions and made everybody, even if you'd just moved across the country to come work at camp, feel well-known and seen. She loved people well, and no one questioned her heart for Jesus for a second. And in 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3, we read, and I'm actually going to read the message paraphrase. It says, You need to know, friends, that thanking God over and over for you is not only a pleasure, it's a must. We have to do it. Your faith is growing phenomenally. Your love for each other is developing wonderfully. Why, it's only right that we give thanks. And at the end of the day, there was something extraordinary or above and beyond about the Thessalonians' faith and the way they loved people. Everyone noticed their character, and Paul believed he had to encourage them. Just like I noticed that girl's character, the way she shared that towel was honestly above and beyond. I would never want to do that. Which honestly begs two questions. When people look at your life, what do they notice? And are there people you interact with that you ought to be encouraging but haven't? Think about it. When people look at your life, what do they notice? And are there people you should be encouraging or you ought to be encouraging but haven't? In the ESV, Paul writes that their faith was growing abundantly. And the Greek word that we read as greatly enlarged or growing abundantly only occurs one time in the entire Bible, and it's here. And as I studied for this episode, I was left to conclude that this detail is incredibly noteworthy because it leaves many Greek scholars to conclude that the Thessalonians hadn't just grown normally. 
Their growth had been unusual, making them, as one commentator said, a model congregation in this respect. And when I think about that girl who's willing to give up her towel at camp, I think about a good role model. She lived in such a way that all the other counselors, honestly, not just the girls, the guys too, saw how she lived, how she treated people, responded when others had bad attitudes and selflessly served, and we all wanted to follow her example. It wasn't because she was cool or older or anything like that. It was because when you looked at her, you very clearly saw Jesus. Now, in second best one, we could move on, talk about judgment or the end times, but we'll get to that in chapter two. Today, I just want us to camp out here because for as long as we are alive on this broken planet as broken people, what people see when they look at us is incredibly important. It's important because it's one way God uses us, his people, to share truth with the lost world. Matthew 5, 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And John 13, 34, A new command I give you, Jesus says, Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Verse 35, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples. Everyone will know if you love one another. What people see when they look at us is important because we're, we're testifying to the watching world who Jesus is, but it's also important because it can help us personally identify where our hearts are. Ask yourself, what's the first thing you think about when you wake up? Are you worried about everything you need to get done or wishing for things you don't have? Oftentimes, that's where I find myself. Or what's the first thing you think about or do when you walk into the office? How do you start meetings or respond to unexpected interruptions? Maybe it's how you respond to your kids when they're disobedient for the thousandth time. Luke 6.45 says the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. The way we demonstrate faith and love for others not only affects our witness, but it is also an indicator of the condition of our hearts. But here's the thing. The Thessalonians, they didn't start out as star students, and I don't think my friend from camp did either. Back in 1 Thess 4, Paul actually prayed specifically for the Thessalonians to grow in faith. And in chapter 3, he prayed for them to increase in love. It's crazy. In 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12, Paul prayed, May the Lord make you Thessalonians. May he make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. What an answered prayer. But remember, it's an answered prayer. They didn't start out as star students. Regardless of how you felt when you asked those questions earlier, what people notice when they look at your life, and if there are people you ought to encourage but haven't, regardless of your answer, if you feel like you're crushing it, or if you feel like the biggest failure, the good news is that nobody is expecting perfection. There's always more room for us to cooperate with the Spirit in our sanctification, and a great first step is prayer. Today, I'm praying that God would grow our love for one another, and I'm so glad we're all on this journey together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.